Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. Today's episode is Divine Plan for Your Love Life. We're going to talk about soulmates today. It's kind of a fun topic. Uh, what do you think about the topic, uh, Carl? Well, it's uh, a quest for many to find the love of their life. It's something that is quite important for human happiness and well-being, and it's part of Creator's plan in actuality. It's not a frivolous pursuit. It's not uh, a sideline for self-indulgence, as some might say, that work is what's important and the point of existence. It really is central to the issue that love is the driver of the universe, creator's love. And we're imparted with that ability to love also. And we seek it out, opportunities to give and receive love both. There are many ways to do it, obviously. So we're going to get into some of the fine points about how to have a love life, how to find that special someone, and some of the interesting facts about this phenomenon and how it works. Indeed. Should we get right into it? Yes, let's let's go. Okay. You asked Creator, is there truly such a thing as soulmates, where there is a divine bond between two souls preceding simple karmic entanglements? In some circles, there is a notion of essence twin or twin flame, denoting a particularly potent form of divine love bond that overshadows almost everything. It is said these kinds of relationships are rarely consummated because they are too distracting and too intense. Is there any truth to this? Okay, and this is what Creator told me in answer to this question. There is some truth to this idea because the nature of love is so very powerful that an especially intense love of the kind this represents will become an overwhelming priority to the exclusion of other opportunities or even obligations at times as it can begin to cloud judgment. Human life is difficult. The pragmatic needs to make a living and provide for personal safety over the long haul require many hours of prosaic activities, and often drudgery with little reward, and certainly cut off from many pleasures, sources of satisfaction, and time with loved ones. The twin flame passion is so great, it can interfere with people making the necessary sacrifices to balance their lives in a way that allows a successful career while maintaining such a love relationship. In actuality, It is a relative rarity, and this is purposeful because the purpose of life is not to spend it with one's twin flame, but is to experience negativity and learn from it how to heal and overcome obstacles. You are not here to have perfection and a state of bliss. If that happens, it is a testament to human ingenuity to bring it about and to maintain the conditions allowing such a luxury. We would not want to deny anyone such happiness, but it will not be planned in most cases because there are serious projects needing attention and everyone has much work to do as you're coming from behind in so many respects 
having been unable to heal your own difficulties for many centuries. And that backlog of unmet karmic healing need has grown quite formidable. There is much catching up needed here. So much concerted time and effort needs to be applied to this task. There is always need to have balance in one's life, free time, relaxation, sources of amusement, and deep pleasure from a love relationship can all be in the mix. And this is ideal for maintaining human well-being, happiness, and health, both physical and emotional. So this is a question of degree and maintaining balance in a situation where there is potential excess of bliss sounds like a problem everyone should have, but in actuality, it could get in the way. This is not an issue where having a twin flame relationship is somehow to be condemned or is toxic in some way that humans cannot handle. It is only that people are less than perfect and as in all relationships, when the parties are flawed and have karmic wounding, even a twin flame relationship can have its ups and downs and may not be possible to sustain if people are too wounded and need healing in order to trust others to give of themselves, or overcome resentments gained from past losses and neglect or abandonment. In such cases, the intensity of the feelings will only make a breakup and estrangement all the worse, because the loss will be quite tremendous in terms of what is given up, and that is most unfortunate. So the fault in such situations is not the existence of twin flame passion and energy because of a soul complementarity of that level, of that degree of perfection. It is that when personal foibles and past karmic baggage get in the way, the consequences are greatly exaggerated, and the whole dilemma becomes hugely painful as a consequence of the magnitude of loss it represents. I don't know about you, Carl, but... I am not struggling with an excess of bliss. <laughs> but boy, this was very informative. Well, it, it's it's jumping in a little bit without setting too much of a foundation. People may not have heard the term twin flame. It's kind of like your perfect soulmate, someone who is really designed for you and the ultimate partner in life and in all respects is a love partner, a love object and associate. And, and that is a rarity, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But we can see here that it's in some ways even beside the point in terms of the agenda the creator has for us in this kind of venture that we're a part of. It's a little sad to think about that, but if there's a greater benefit to be had, there is a point to it. Yes. And we are eternal beings, so there's, I'm sure there's plenty of opportunity uh, to indulge in that at times, but yes. uh, that's not, it's, it's for most people at this point, and, not, and especially with the way things are on this planet and with humanity in, in general, that could be a distraction. I can certainly see that. Uh, let's go on to the next question. Um, you asked creator, is it said that love is the, it is said that love is the opposite of hate. So those we intensely hate can someday become those we passionately love. Is this truly the origin of many or even most soulmate bondings? And again, Creator says, we would disagree with this characterization. What this question is really reflecting is the all-too-frequent situation that people who have a reason to be attracted to one another have, in addition, much karmic baggage. 
And that baggage gets stirred up from the experience of being in a personal relationship with potential importance and increased intimacy. It can be a trigger for many past karmic hurts, disappointments, and woundings. So again, the fact that love brings pain along with it, it is not a characteristic of love per se. And the desire for love and the requirement somehow mysteriously for a period of fear and loathing that somehow transforms into forgiveness and then deep love and a passionate intensity. It is simply that people have a capacity for love and passion, but being people come with various types of liabilities, having been wounded often in many lifetimes. And this creates complexity and vulnerability to having things stirred up that can get in the way of a smooth new relationship forming and being maintained for a prolonged period of time. There may be many points of friction that arise from the stirring up of old karmic wounds on the part of both parties. And this will simply require lots of healing attention to smooth off the rough edges and allow people to get along without conflict and have the relationship survive over the long haul. You also asked Creator, some people are convinced they need to find their soulmate or twin flame in order to be happy. We discussed that just previously. Are such thoughts accurate and helpful or likely to be an unfulfilled dream that may keep a person from finding love at all? All right, and this is what Creator says about this. There are some who take this quest to an extreme and set standards arbitrarily high and, in fact, may abandon relationships that could grow into an extremely satisfying partnership simply because the sparks are not flying early on and they rule the person out as a potential mate far too soon before they give love a chance to bloom. In actuality, each person has many potential partners. This is because of the similarity among people in the human family in terms of their desires, their need for love, and the power of chemistry to increase desire and fuel the formation of love bonds through shared experience, mutual respect, and a desire and willingness for an intimate relationship. This will usually become self-reinforcing and will grow a love bond inevitably because it is within the capability of humans to happen and to foster it. It is, in a sense, a default mode. This is what people describe as the power of propinquity, that many, many people will fall in love simply by being around one another enough time for deep bonds to form. And adding hormones to the mix will result in a deep relationship that unfolds and may lead to marriage. Or, in the case of married individuals, may lead to an affair and a potential problem in disrupting the lives. But what is happening is simply the fact humans are created to be loving and to seek love everywhere they go and to respond to love quite strongly. So there needs to be due recognition of its power to influence people's thoughts and feelings and their judgments and decisions about conduct, deportment, and the establishment of clear boundaries to not engage in inappropriate conduct if there are vows to others of fidelity in particular. Each person has a group of individuals who are potential mates for life through having a past history in other lifetimes of closeness and a deep soul connection that can flourish into strong love bonds given half a chance. 
The responsibility of the higher self is to assist the person in their charge in navigating through life and to work with other higher selves to orchestrate meetings between people who are potential soulmates, meaning they have a soul connection from the past and are well-suited to be in love with one another and maintain a permanent or at least a long-term relationship that will be fruitful. So to tie hopes and expectations to one magical relationship is ill-advised. It is often the case that twin flames are separate and on different schedules altogether, precisely because it is not the goal of human existence to have such preoccupations. Given the many obligations, as well as the need for learning about not only love, but its loss, that provides the greatest benefits in growth and development through the course of time that will make the effort worthwhile. Okay, so that puts things in perspective, I think. You know, we do have lots of fish in the sea to, to choose from. People who we've known before. This is quite interesting. Most people don't think about this concept that people have lived before in other lifetimes, many of right. them. Yes. So we've got quite a pool of potential candidates, a number of which will be incarnated at the same time we are. There needs to be a similarity in ages usually, but uh, things can be orchestrated by the light to bring about a successful pair bonding of two people to love one another and really be happy, at least for a time during the current current lifetime. Indeed, it talked about... uh creators talked about higher selves actually negotiating and working things out behind the scenes, which I found interesting. Yes, and we'll we'll talk some more about that in our next ses- segment, about how divine matchmaking gets accomplished. This is quite an interesting phenomenon, and people don't realize that the Almighty is working behind the scenes to see to your love life. <laughs> so, yeah. this this is a divine hint that if you want extra help if you're not happy you can do prayer work to get further help and a more focused effort you see if you choose to suffer if you choose to be lonely by thinking this is all that's possible the divine realm has to let you have that experience you're in effect putting handcuffs on the almighty and you have the power to do that because you're in charge of your life here not the almighty So if you think of it the other way, that if you express what you want and ask for divine assistance, that can open up doors. That's the way to go about this. Well, the word you used, the word creator used today is propinquity, (laughs) which I think is basically love the one you're with. We'll talk about that a little bit more, too. Um, But there's also lots lots of fish in the sea, like you said, and lots of options. Yes, and we'll... We'll get guidance if we ask for it and are open to it. Your higher self will kick in at times and send you little warnings if you're barking up the wrong tree, so to speak, and someone comes along who might not be good for you, might be even dangerous. But you need to cultivate that inner guidance and in, in being open and help your intuitive side blossom a little bit, because that's how the messages come in. It's it's subtle. It's it's not 
really overt. And people misunderstand and underestimate the power of the divine to influence things if you're open enough to see the signs. Indeed. Well, we're at the end of our first segment already, Carl. Be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com slash prayer to get our ebook uh, on prayer. You can also get the ebook on the Lightworker Healing Protocol for, for deep healing. And that is getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be back after this break. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about soulmates and divinely orchestrated uh, relationships, love life, etc. Um, Carl, the U.S. creator, how successful are most relationships, I'm sorry, how successful are most relationship plans made in the light before, before birth given all the hazards? Okay, and this is what Creator has to say about the planning we do in the light before coming down in a new incarnation. We would say that on average, at least 75% of planned couplings take place. That is quite a good track record considering the vagaries of human experience and the many, many variables in play influencing a person and their family members. There are usually plans to be in a similar geographic location, although there can be a predetermined arrangement to have a long-distance relationship start as a result of a seeming chance meeting during travel, which is in fact engineered totally to take place. So a relationship and a motivation to maintain it can be established at some point despite a geographic separation. This is no problem for the divine realm to surmount. The key is having the lives enough in synchronization that there is a desire on both ends for a love relationship to take place. The rest can be pretty straightforward. 
the fact this is not 100% successful does speak to the uncertainties of life that can intrude and the power, again, of propinquity that will get some people committing to a relationship that arises spontaneously because of proximity and enough affinity in the feelings on both sides that things move forward and become more serious and can lead to marriage as well, in which case none of the pre-life planning actually works out. That is not the end of the world because all of life acts as a teacher. So there is nothing lost. There is nothing wasted in anything that might happen that is spontaneous and unplanned. There will be benefits always, and such things are taken in stride and eventually are seen to be a blessing. You know, I think a big message in this is the fact that fate is not absolutely predetermined. I mean, yes, there's planning that takes place, but plans can go awry sometimes, and that's even true of divinely made plans. Yes, absolutely, and this is proof right here. This is orchestrated prior to coming down. It's in agreement with creator and with the higher self that is monitoring you from the soul level of your being and orchestrating things through others and other higher selves of the players. But despite all of that advantage, you think of the divine as pretty powerful, and it is, but it does defer to us. So Mm -hmm. you can make a unilateral decision and kind of, in effect, mandate how you want your life to go, and the divine realm will let that stand. Nevertheless, 75%, I'm pretty impressed with that figure. Yeah, it is. It's surprising, because we think it's just kismet. (laughs) Just just, uh, the chance meetings, and being in the right place at the right time, with readiness, and lust in your heart, all those things that that kind of uh, help you be in that mode or what does it. And then a a spark gets struck and the rest is history. And, but there's much more that goes into it on most occasions. There's a careful orchestration and that speaks really to the power of the divine on the one hand, and also to the fact that life is purposeful. Mm-hmm. This isn't just randomness. There is a there's a plot. There is a plan underway here. And it's one to seek advancement, learning and growth. And that's what these relationship matchings and pairings up are designed to do. Exactly. But it's also interesting to note that there's free will involved here. I mean, we can reject the plans we made earlier. We can change them. Yeah, we can. And usually it's not an advantage to do so, however, because we're, we're smarter when we're up in the light. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. Uh, Carl, you asked creator, another important type of relationship can be described as task companions, closely bonded souls who incarnate to work on a project or mission or goal of some kind, such as business partners. Can creator shed light on this arrangement? All right. This is what creator says about this. People of importance to someone in their lives may well be members of their soul group who have had prior dealings in other lifetimes. This can happen with friends meeting in school during youth or living in close proximity and encountered on the playground. It applies to people applying for work. It is not at all uncommon to end up working for someone who is a member of their soul group 
who they have had lives together in various relationships before, whether as co-workers or the boss of one or the other. Business associates often have prior dealings when going into partnerships, as well as mentors who take an interest, whether it is a particular teacher, a student grows close to, or someone they meet and form a friendship with who takes them under their wing and helps to guide them, sometimes on a lifelong basis. All happens because of prior dealings that create deep interconnections karmically. And this is seen as a soul connection on meeting the other party. And this just has a good feel to it and is not perceived consciously for what it truly represents, but ends up being an asset in creating a friendship that is a true resource and a help in many ways during the lifetime. All of this is planned in advance to unfold. It is not 100% successful in every detail, but there are attempts made for members of a soul group to incarnate in a similar time frame, to be in position, some older, some coming in where they can meet up with teachers who would take a special interest in them and cultivate their talents. Bosses who already have accrued serious accomplishments and who are in positions of leadership, but who will hire them because there is chemistry there and then can mentor them in careers of their own and so forth. There is much planning in all of what takes place. This is logical and is the ideal. There would be much more of this if people were not so disconnected intuitively from greater awareness of the way this is carried out and the possibilities for people making connections through networking using their intuitive reach. So the message here again is that the intuitive reach is very important and we haven't compromised and our intuitive reach is not nearly as powerful as it should be. Yes, yes. And it speaks again to the fact that there is an overarching plan for all of life and for us in particular in our doings. And so if we fall short, it's often because of the inefficiency that's crept in with this corruption. So we've got a lot of headwinds working against us here. But it's a powerful drive to be successful and to fulfill the yearnings of the soul. And that's what this is all about. And love is a big part of it. Absolutely. Well, talking about planning, let's let's ask a question about a particular kind of plan that involves humans a bit more. Why has most of the world throughout history promoted arranged marriages versus letting individuals find a mate on their own? Certainly karma and the divine can work within and around such arrangements, but arranged relationships seem non-divine in denying freedom of choice or highly restricted choice to those joined in such a manner. Okay, and this is what Creator says about this. In most cases, arranged marriages are simply an obstacle to the divine realm and its normal matchmaking activities in order to have people successfully navigate in a way to achieve their life goals and the various milestones pre-established for them to have particular careers, meet up with particular people of value for them to form friendships, business relationships, or love relationships. Many times the divine realm can influence those who select the marital partners in an arranged marriage to find just the right person who will fill the role and it becomes a quite successful marital relationship as a consequence. 
But this is an imperfect system. It is inviting trouble because it is an extra layer of complication and uncertainty, especially when egos are involved in the selection process. Under ideal circumstances, it would be of little relevance in a negative way with the level of corruption people exhibit. In most cases, it is a complication. So this would reduce the likelihood of having a truly suitable partner for marriage to the 50% level at best, when in fact the going rate is at least 75%, at least in, with regard to the outset of a marriage, to have the intended partners coming together. Keep in mind, though, that finding someone to love and reaching the altar is only the beginning of a long-term challenge. Many times, the karmic baggage will end up disrupting the marriage, and it may end in failure, whether it is an arranged marriage or one freely chosen by the parties involved and seeming to be what they truly want and may well be true soulmates. They may simply be coming back together through the destiny preplanned and orchestrated by the divine realm, which in a sense is an arranged marriage of a different sort. But this simply can't be maintained because of the problems of the past, making people ill-equipped to sustain a successful marital relationship because there are too many things needing healing that get in the way. So most relationships are arranged marriages. It is a question of who is doing the arranging. And the success will likely depend on what each party brings to the marriage in the way of personal vulnerabilities and a potential liability to their partner. Well, I'm married, and uh, I've always felt that my own particular marriage was arranged, even though technically it wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Had a very aggressive matchmaker that brought us together. And we were long distance, too. I mean, my, my wife is from the Ukraine. And actually didn't even speak English when I first met her, which is really very, very interesting. Yeah, um, and, and one would think that would be um, a too high a hurdle to, <laughs> to overcome. <laughs> I would have been one to think that myself, actually. Yeah. But So this, this has all, yeah, this has all the earmarks of a divine orchestration, you know, despite the odds, despite yes. some dissimilarities, it nonetheless came about. So... This is what we're talking about, that the divine works its magic or attempts to if we give it half a chance. And the idea, though, of things being imperfect within us is quite important. You know, we're really still in this segment and in this show today dealing with kind of getting to first base, getting right. a relationship going and not what it takes to keep it going and deal with the ups and downs of life. And I can tell you in working with people as a healer, many times people have serious karmic bad baggage with their spouse. And that doesn't mean you won't plan to be with that person. Many times it's done deliberately to give an opportunity to keep working on past failures. So this is a prescription to have, you know, quite a time. Yeah. <laughs> and 
It can be a rocky relationship all the way along and be divinely guided to happen for that reason, to work through the obstacles and heal it once and for all. That's always the goal, but it doesn't always end in success. People can flame out and and get divorced along the way or live miserably because they haven't learned how to heal it yet, but may come back again a third or fourth time to work on it some more. This is how we get better at being who we are in the physical realm. And it, it is a tremendous training ground and proving ground for us. Right. But there, there is positive karma, too, that can be earned. And we can basically set the stage for an even better relationship in the future. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we tend to talk about negative things because we concentrate and focus on healing work. The the positive, happy things take care of themselves. We're not really needed to, to weigh in too much about that. But, you know, and I sometimes need a reminder, you know, that there is a, you know, a positive side that is also ongoing. There's good karma that can oh, yes. be a saving grace and help us find that narrow middle ground we need to do that balancing act, and and uh, that that keeps us uh, in the game. Well, I know from my personal experience, especially with my wife, that the relationship seemed like it was actually harder to get out of than to get into. In other words, things were rutted in such a way that it was pretty obvious to me that this was the one for me. And I think a lot of people that that end up in these relationships, if they have any sort of awareness or intuitive reach kind of feel that same way, that this is the one for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's a blessing when it happens. But, you know, as creators pointed out, many, many, many people can find love yes. by giving it a chance and having enough time together and taking on life as a team. That can build bridges and create an alliance that is every bit as strong as a prearranged marriage through the divine or or someone who just has a really good, deep knowing about you and your likes and dislikes. So, so there's many different routes to happiness and a successful love life. Some things are easier than others, but often yeah. we have this baggage along the way, and that's what creates the ups and downs. Well, the hallmark of being human is our capacity and desire to love, which is uh, something that is actually quite special. And, and yeah. not necessarily common throughout the universe. <laughs> right, right. As we well, and the interesting thing we'll get into in our next segment coming up is that children are prearranged and chosen and uh, make so choices to be with us. And this is another surprise for most people. And we're going to get into that right after this. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. 
Get a free download from the creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive lightworker healing protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the last segment of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly along with Carl Mollison. We are talking about soulmates, divinely orchestrated love relationships, and this segment we're going to talk about children. So, Carl, you asked Creator, although there can be disastrous relationships between biologically related parents and children and wonderful ones with adopted children overall, are there energetic compatibility issues with adopted versus birth-related children? How important and compelling is the special bond with a biological parent? All right, and this is what Creator said through me as a channeler in answer to this question. Typically, birth parents have a prior connection with the soul, and that is the reason that soul has come down to be in that family unit. It is always agreed to on all levels by the incoming soul and the parents involved in creating that life within the womb. When this does not work out and the baby is given up for adoption, It is because of the complications of karma and may well be part of a plan, in fact, to rear an infant but surrender it quickly as a karmic loss, for example, to learn a lesson, but then entrust the infant to someone else for safekeeping and to be raised successfully in another environment so there is not a great harm done. So there are many possible scenarios here that result in disruption of family relationships to create adoption situations. It is often the case that people come back to be together as parent and child to work on deep karmic difficulties. And this is the reason for so many challenges for people to get along within a family. It is often that there are old wounds from prior lifetimes of discord, disappointment, neglect, or even abandonment that are being worked on through a new incarnation and the old wounds will rumble and create friction, mistrust, and even open hostility at times. This will not be consciously perceived for what it represents, but these influences can be quite strong and may be a determining factor in whether children maintain a relationship with the biological parents or seek to leave as soon as possible. The same potential pitfalls can happen with adoption, that sometimes the adoptive parents are known to the child through other lifetime involvements, 
And this can be a coming together yet again to work on old problems that resulted in difficulty and damage to the parties. And so this may happen yet again where things become strained and lead to conflict. But it can also be the case that adoptive parents, by virtue of having no prior karmic history, will be more accepting and more loving than someone who is their biological child. And there, because there is a big karmic rift in need of healing, but will be quite challenging to accomplish because the wounds are very deep and there will be much discord and mistrust that happens subconsciously and will be quite difficult to overcome. So there are many possible scenarios here, but these are the considerations giving rise to this array of seeming failures and inequities that people meet coming into life and seeming to have an undesirable situation at the outset with a parent who doesn't want them or who they can't get along with. The key, as always in relationships, is whether both parties are truly on a divine path and in divine alignment. If that is so, it will be much easier for a natural attraction and acceptance to form bonds of love rather than growing resentment and even hatred. So here we go. Things can rumble. Things can be stirred up and come rearing their ugly head. And I've seen this many times with clients where I have a client that, for example, was physically abused by a father in her prior lifetime. And now has that same dad in the current lifetime who abused them again. Right. So, you know, we're waiting for round three now. And that might be the charm. But until healing is found and people can change their ways, the karmic potential will remain in force. If you become a perpetrator, you will stay a perpetrator until you get healing somehow for that dilemma. So you need to wake up and see your actions for what they are and seek help if you can. Others might reach out to you, but if you say no, you may continue on that same path. So we're all in this together and have this huge healing need that's unfolding. And this is just a glimpse at that reality. You know, one little eye-opener that came out of that is uh, the creator shared that sometimes adoptive parents might not even have a karmic history with their adopted child. Yes. And I thought, I thought that was a little unusual. I was, wasn't expecting that. But that's very interesting. Well, you know, most people probably would say the opposite. You know, that, yeah, they would. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a stranger. You know, it's a stranger and a strange kid, and uh, somehow it can work. And But uh, it's possible also that this is fully arranged with someone from your soul group. And that's a good thing. See, this is a divine blessing. So you're not going to end up with someone who is maybe a terrible, terrible caretaker of you unless there's a karmic need to undergo that again for further learning. So there, there is a method to the madness. And, and the fact that, you know, there's not a karmic history means that there's flexibility even while we're living our life, you know, that there wasn't necessarily a plan ahead of time. And sometimes plans can be made as we're living our life. It doesn't always have to be made ahead of time. Yes, this is true. There can so be a change a of plans. <laughs> yes, it's a combination of the, uh, the ins and outs and energy flux and flow of life that can confound well-laid plans and sometimes create new opportunities. 
And this is often when healing can come in, when you break the mold and maybe get away from a perpetrator who is in your life. That might be the first step to get to healing other than staying in place, being um, a victim, playing that role so thoroughly that you never survive and get help. So there are many possible scenarios, but healing is always possible and you can always reach out to the divine when you're in need. And that can change things. It can change everything. But speaking about healing and the need for healing, you ask Creator, can Creator comment on how large a role karma plays in the bonding of two people in an intimate relationship? All right, and Creator says about this, karma is exceedingly important. This is true whether the people coming together are truly right for one another and compatible in a deep way or not. As we've commented elsewhere, even in situations where there are true soulmates or twin flames with a deep soul compatibility and a belonging together from a long prior history of many lifetimes spent in intimate relationships with one another, there can be many false starts, failed marriages, and karmic woundings of all kinds that will get in the way of a love relationship even by two people so very right for one another. And that will be an overriding factor in many instances that can prevent a long-term successful marriage, even though the people have strong initial attraction and a deep passion kindled very quickly. If there is karmic wounding and damage in one or both partners from other lives of difficulty, That will complicate things and will be a source of difficulty that could cause the marriage to essentially break down and create irreconcilable differences that lead to divorce, despite the fact people have everything going for them in most respects. Karma is the greatest power and influence on all human activity there is. And that is because of so long a prior history of being a factor in everything that happens. And the fact the world is so troubled. So most lifetimes have had compromise and many difficulties, failings, losses, and times of great sadness. All of which will be influencing a new incarnation and create an obstacle and a headwind for any successful relationship to get going and then be maintained. Now, karma is a wounding. And woundings don't necessarily always mean there's somebody explicitly at fault. Something that comes to mind, you know, there could be a young couple that's passionately in love, they get married, and then he's rushed off to war and dies. And then she is so devastated by the experience that another lifetime comes along, he comes along again, but that wounding is so deep that she rejects her relationship because she doesn't want to be that hurt again. Yes, okay. yes. This is an example of the need for healing and how karma brings back opportunities as well as a challenge to meet it head on, deal with it in hopefully a successful way and learn from the experience. We always learn. And sometimes the lessons are painful ones, and we can fail again and again and again. But in a sense, it is a process of learning that's going on. So it's not all wasted. It's just we learn a long, painful lesson. And sometimes those end up being the most valuable because we take them seriously. 
we take things to heart and we see it coming a mile away then and we can yes. head it off and we know how to deal with it because we did it the hard way and <laughs> we prevailed. So it's, it's called wisdom hard one. Yes, yes. Part of the reason we call this the Get Wisdom Project. So <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Uh, you asked you asked creator, can one who is stuck in a karmic relationship use healing to not only help resolve and improve the current relationship? but create better future conditions for romantic fulfillment in future lifetimes as a kind of gift to their future selves. All right. And creator answers. This is very much the case. Anything that people do to heal old wounds pays many, many dividends. And repairing of their ability to have love relationships is one of the most critical life skills and life-enhancing capabilities one possesses. Anything that gets in the way of forming a love relationship will be a huge liability and will hold a person down and hold them back over and over again until they find ways to help themselves grow strong enough to have a successful love relationship, to be a giver as well as receiver of love. This requires inner strength, inner self-acceptance, as well as a reasonable degree of calm and inner peace. After all, it is the flow of love into the person that gives them the raw ingredients to bestow love to others. If there is no ability to love the self, love will be refused. Loving feelings will be shunned and the person will become depleted and will have little to offer others. So love begins at home with self-acceptance, self-appreciation, and self-love in a healthy sense of feeling comfortable in one's own skin and taking pride in accomplishments and having an overall sense of confidence. This is what people look for in a life partner. They want someone who can hold their own, take care of themselves largely, and who have something to offer them because everyone wants additional love and seeks this from the people around them. Someone who can give and accept love freely is a highly desirable friend and companion and will be the most highly desired and successful in forming long-term love relationships. When you heal, you heal your future. So all the gains in becoming open, trusting, and a giver of love will pay many dividends in the long future that lies ahead with opportunities again and again to share and experience the joys of love in many forms through many happy times. There's a lot of advice there. <laughs> and it's all geared towards the self. I mean, we have to, we have to grow and mature um, to be the person that others would want to be a partner with. Bingo. And this is an important take home. That if you want to find love in your life, someone to love you, a love partner, You may need to work on yourself. You may need to get some healing, self-healing for your hurts, your wounds that can limit you and limit how you can be around another and how useful and helpful and loving you're capable of being. Many people get so beaten down by life, they're depleted and it shows they're no fun to be around and people get turned off. They, they'll they avoid such an individual if they can. And if they start a relationship going, may end it quickly because it may be a burden more than a benefit. 
So there's a lot of introspection called for here also. But you can never go wrong reaching out and getting help with healing because that can change everything. It's not really feasible to do it all oneself. We're too close to the problem. And much of it is hidden from us. It's kind of down deep in the warp and woof. That's why you need divine level healing intervention. So we do this with our Lightworker Healing Protocol. And we, we're going to be talking next in our next show uh, that about a healing and about how this protocol can really help with serious healing needs and what happens in relationships when things start to get out of balance, what the signs are and what the solutions are. Well, check out getwisdom.com. Uh, on our main menu, we have a healing item. You can click on that. You can explore the options we have for engaging healing services to get help with a lot of the issues that Carl's describing here. All right. And this is a, a test and a challenge of us to do our most, uh, our best and, and most helpful uh, service to those around us. And ourselves are the most important starting point. So treat yourself, heal yourself, love yourself is, is just good general principles. Indeed. Getting healing, but also learning how to heal is it's, it's a, it can be a life mission that we're all on. And uh, I know it's made a huge difference in my life. Well, and it's been the key for a lot of people I have worked with to come out of their shell, help to smooth off the rough edges they've been showing the world without really realizing it. And having the energy even to engage with someone and start a relationship. Some people just aren't even there where they can take that on. So this is a way to gain strength and energy as well as getting divine support. And you'll get some divine matchmaking going on on your behalf if you ask for that. That's just a divine hint. (laughs) Carl, we're out of time. Uh, Check us out at GetWisdom.com and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 